0: Today on the Fifth Estate podcast, going to be getting uh, dirtier and murkier with the comments and all that stuff revolving around or relating to uh, a social media post that Andy Medic put out Friday. Friday, I think it was. Um, also going to be talking about no no shocks and surprises here, um, and Andrew's opinion poll. And if I've got time for it, going into a uh, Digging a bit deeper and and having a bit more of a discussion around a message that's been floating around uh, all over the place about Morrison uh, getting dismissed by the Governor-General. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello everyone. My name is Cameron Blewett, and you're here for the sixth episode of the Fifth Estate podcast. And first cab off the rank today is getting ankle, knee, neck deep in the murkiness that is going on with comments from uh, Andy Medic on Friday afternoon. Now, uh, for those who came in late, he did put a social media post out at what time was it uh 20 to 2 on friday the 19th making a statement uh saying that he's concerned and that he'd spent uh the early hours of the morning uh this is friday morning in hospital with her after she had been uh, allegedly assaulted now not long after that victoria police put out a statement uh relating to that incident now mr medic uh, alluded or indicated that uh, his child had been walking down this, a particular street in Fitzroy, uh, was accosted by, allegedly accosted by someone, allegedly had a can thrown at their head, um, sustained an injury and then had to seek refuge in a uh, particular nightclub. Now, Victoria Police put out a, a statement saying that they were investigating the matter that the uh, an individual was graffiting or spray painting something on a wall uh, was spoken to by another individual uh, the individual doing the spray painting through a can at this person uh, this other person picked the can up um, followed that person through a can at their head and um, all that happened so uh, that uh, you know caused a massive uh, thing on social media now uh, in between the time that Mr Medic put his statement out and Victoria Please Put Theirs Out, um, all the, uh, what would you say, cowardly politicians um, haven't waited for the relevant information to come out, they've just gone out and uh, statements of apology, uh, so um Dan Andrews was uh, quick to put his apology out there and then, um, you know, unfortunately the person who is in the position of Prime Minister put theirs out and went through the process of that uh, and it was tweeted out, retweeted by the uh, Labor faithful as evidence of what's happening in Victoria and why this is going wrong and that's going wrong and all that sort of stuff. Then a bit later on in the afternoon, Mr. Medic went on to ABC and uh, tried to set the record straight, saying that his child uh, was an artist, so they carry chalk, pens and um, spray paint in their bag. Now, that's concerning uh, within itself, Um, so anyway... uh, Andy Medic's child was walking down the street, happened to allegedly see some anti-vaccine or something like that, uh, graffiti that was there, and decided to spray paint over it. This is when someone else has come up and started talking to him, and everything else has happened. Now, getting back onto that, it appears, now this is only based on the information that is available, so I'm not saying for definite fact or anything like that. We'll have to wait and see what happens with the police investigation. Uh, it does appear that the individual who uh, got injured does appear to be the instigator of it um, and has also um, committed, potentially committed an offence there. So um, we'll just have to wait and see what goes on. So, But anyway, all that being said, now um, as a consequence of that uh, rightly or wrongly uh, the media has delved into the social media background of Andy Medic's child uh, and raised concerns about things that have been said in the past. Now, uh, you know, um, I don't agree with the children of or family of politicians being involved in things and, you um, you know for, for just to give a little background on that for those who don't know i um years ago i had a podcast uh vegan police and was very outspoken within the vegan community against um protests and everything that was going on in that community and that uh what they were doing was counterproductive etc cetera, etc cetera. now in that time um i've received death threats etc like that um, my family's been um confronted abused uh friends have been uh ostracized from the what you'd call the vegan community because of their association with me and everything like that and uh so you know whilst I'm not saying that I understand exactly what they're going through I'm fully aware of it because some of the the comments Uh, that I've received have been vile and disgusting and for uh, to have that from, you know, um, vegans who are quote unquote supposedly compassionate, et cetera, et cetera, um, is, you know, very hypocritical. Um, So going on from that. So I understand those sorts of things. Now, not saying that any of it's right, but, um, you know, for me, hey, you know, it's only Someone And, you know, and, and this is the thing, and I've said that uh, in discussions that I've had with Mr. Medic's uh, media person as well, is that these people who are making these comments, they, you know, they don't put food on your table, you do. Um, they don't know who you are. They're just following the crowd, uh, doing what everyone else is doing um, or having a vent about something, etc. And ultimately, when it comes down to it, you're the one that has to look at yourself in the mirror every morning, not them, so... Uh, you know, they're of of no consequence. Now, that being said, uh, at the time uh, of the peak abuse that I was receiving, um, you know, I I made it clear to my family and friends uh, not to go anywhere by themselves uh, out of concerns for their safety uh, and that if they, you know, if they were to go somewhere that was a vegan event um, to make sure that they went in a group, so, if something happened, there was the, the potential of being safety in numbers, um, and you know, and and that's the thing is that that was my view uh, and my position with my family and friends. My my family, I um, made a point of that of telling them that I did not want them going to any vegan event because of the the level of vitriol that was coming from them and and. Um, how abusive that they were and mind you uh, it was only the 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 abuse came more from the female members of the vegan community um, and you know it, it's a thing um, interestingly enough uh, my views uh, despite you know being vegan and making it clear were more accepted by the non-vegan community than they were by the vegan community so um that's something there so but anyway Um, Going along with that, so we're going back to the the situation with Mr Medic. Now he gets on to, as I said, ABC to try and set the record straight and says that he has uh, an open and honest relationship with his child, that they don't lie to him, et cetera, et cetera. Now um, they've delved into this person's social media and there's been a number of things that were posted um, that uh, he's actually called out the... um, uh, Matthew guy opposition leader for other people supporting now uh, his child had um, posted a number of violent posts uh, even one going back quite a few years now wanting to recreate Columbine uh, so you know and and they were still public up until I think Friday afternoon or, or late uh, early Friday evening when the uh, when their Twitter account was I was deleted um their social media has been heavily sanitized now to remove all of that though how thing is on the internet um someone's got screenshots of it etc etc so this goes back to the thing is that whilst i don't agree with children um family and all that being involved andy medic has politicized these his whole family right from the start um and also his wife is part of the state committee uh they supposed to be supposedly governs uh, the Animal Justice Party in Victoria. So, um, you know, this is the thing, is that they were politicised. He's, he's quick to point out or or condemn the uh, one or two or protesters. Who was it? One person that walked around with um, uh, a figurative uh, depiction of the gallows and one that drove some gallows around. Happily to condemn that yet doesn't say anything about the violence that uh, his own child has wanted to inflict upon fellow class members uh, and other members of of the community. Uh, So now, this being said, that um, I, based on on what I've seen, I have, you know, I I believe that Andy Medic's child is um, deeply, deeply troubled, um, that we should... um, you know, consider that they are a troubled individual and leave them alone. Uh, Everything should be directed towards Mr. Medic. Um, So, and and this is where all these comments are going now. Um, So right from the start, Mr. Medic was quite happy to say that uh, this alleged assault happened because of uh, his child's relationship to him and his stance and everything like that. When it comes out that it wasn't uh, related to that, he gets onto ABC and alludes to the fact that this is what his child has the feeling or belief that it was and yet can't say if any comments were made that, hey, you know, you're, for example, your medic's kid, blah, 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 blah. Um, so, you know, and this is the thing. This is his continual, uh, is it deliberate deception? Is it uh, that he's trying to... Uh, portray himself as a victim in the hope of, of getting sympathy for his views, who knows. Um, but, it, you know, as I've said in the previous episode, he misled Parliament by saying that um, opposition, was he opp- opposition leader? Uh, no. Was he? I can't remember what he was, um, Tony Abbott. Um, standing in front of the sign. I oh, man, on a, I think he was opposition leader um of that sign about Julia Gillard. Um when he's turned around and said that the sign said kill Julia Gillard when it didn't. Um I'm I'm yet to find one that said it that said kill Julia Gillard. Uh so he's misled Parliament that way. He's misled everyone with regards to what has happened to his child. And, you know, I think that uh you know and he's obviously misled people about uh the realities of this pandemic bill that he's supporting as well so you know this is the thing uh he's put the challenge out there to to Matthew Guy to be a leader and condemn everything i think that um you know he needs to do this do the same thing be the leader he is condemn everything and because the deception and uh deliberate misinformation has come from him, he needs to resign from parliament. He needs to step down as leader of the Animal Justice Party um, and and just turn around and say, no, that's it, he's got to quit. Um, no if buts or about it. Um, you know, And the, that was the other thing. He, he misled uh, parliament inside and outside about um, and activities of uh, a, a journalist who, um, you know, I believe it's Avi Yamini, uh, about that. So, you know, he needs to stand down. He, you know, he's, he's, you know, there's too much stuff that there's going on. Um, now obviously having said that, I think I've just blown my chances about getting him to appear on the podcast, though we will have to wait and see what the future holds. Um, you know, but that's the thing. He needs to resign. Um, I don't think he's fit to serve, uh, as a representative for Western Victoria, um, because you, you, I don't believe that, it's possible that people can have um, faith in what he's saying is is true or is the reality or anything like that. So, um, you know, what other option is there? I think he's got to stand down. Um, but, you know, I know that that won't happen because the party's addicted to the money that they get. Um, similar situation happened with Mark Pearson uh, in New South Wales um, with his... Behavior and and uh, attitudes and, and things like that, um, you know, a, as a micro party that that wouldn't have got in on their own right, they've got in off um, preferences from the Greens and others. Uh, so, you know, th- this is the thing: is that you know they're, they're not going to stand down, they're not going to do anything that that results in their you know their income their for want of a better term, cash cow being cut off. Um, So this is the thing, you know, I I think that we all do need to do it. If there's any vegans listening to this and you are a member of the Animal Justice Party, um, bring it up. Contact the state committee and tell them that he does need to resign because he's uh, betraying the values of the Animal Justice Justice Party, which they say their core values are kindness, equality, rationality and nonviolence. You know, He's not displaying kindness by supporting a bill that gives um, authorised officers um, and police at request uh, to have a warrantless entry into a property, That you know, his support of the state of emergency that allowed or, or that gave um, uh, Victoria Police the um, justification to use um, the critical incident response team and I believe the Special Operations Group, uh, and firing um, rubber bullets and pepper balls at crowds that, prior to police intervention, were peacefully gathering. Uh, so you know, definitely not kindness there. Definitely not equality there, where he's happy to create a two-tiered society. Um, you know, a two-class society where there's the the those who participate in the uh, therapeutic regimen and those who don't, those who are happy to show their papers to say they're participating and those who don't. Um, There's definitely no equality there. There's no rationality in the uh, going along with the uh, bad advice from the Chief Health Officer that um, a state of emergency is justified and there's definitely um, going against their um, core value of nonviolence if he's allowing... Victoria Police to use the violence on unarmed citizens uh, who are peacefully protesting. And and this is the thing, you know, yes, there may be one or two people who are troublemakers, you get that everywhere. As a majority, as a whole, they are peaceful, uh, or they were um, prior to uh, police intervention. Now, going along with that, um, talking about the gallows and the threats, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera, now, um, I'm you know, a, a, a big follower of Stoicism. Um, so it's the thing is that you know, if someone says something to you, is it really hurting you? Someone, you know, takes a couple of bits of wood with a bit of rope around it. Um, is that really hurting you? Someone makes a threat against you. Is that hurting you? Um, you know, it's the thing is that you choose to be hurt. You know, you're only hurt by it if you choose to be hurt by it. Um, so I don't know. Um. You know, and by the other token as well is that you know we want free speech, um, and this you know the same thing goes with the union movement that medic supports and um, vegans etc cetera, etc, cetera, is that you know you, you can't have it both ways. You can't expect to be able to go out and protest as part of the union movement and expect your you know to be able to give be given. Um, freedom of association and, um, you know, freedom of speech, et cetera, and then condemn others who are doing the same thing. Yes, it may not be something that you like, though, um, you know, just because someone's carrying a noose around and um, a gallows, a makeshift gallows, um, you know, have they done the wrong thing? Is, is because it upsets you, is that justification for having them you know their voice silenced, and um, so you know it, it does get murky. It's a whole lot of um, you know areas where it's you know people are only happy when it's a message that they support and and everything like that, or they agree with. As soon as it's something that they disagree with, oh no, you know, got to suppress it, got to shut it down, etc., etc. So anyway, um, today's Monday. We'll just have to wait and see what happens now. Uh, With regards to that, there was talk over the weekend that um, negotiations or discussions with the crossbench on the bill have stopped. Uh, The government is probably sitting down deciding what they can work with, what they can't work with. Um, My thoughts are that it comes down to the um, sustainable party member, um, maybe him uh, or Barton will side with the government or something's going to happen, as I've said all along, a a possible false flag event that will get the Liberal Party on side because we know um, Matthew Guy um, is a leader based on media cycles. Um, The the media put claims of, um, you know, right-wings, extremists and Nazis and all that sort of crap being out involved in these protests – So Matthew Guy caves in and forbids any member of the Liberal Party from talking to their constituents. Now, as I've said all along, Matthew Guy has not done anything since he's taken um, up the mantle of uh, being opposition leader that separates him from Dan Andrews. So he's uh, literally only Dan Andrews light. He's um, not... um, positioning himself as a genuine leader of the opposition where there is an alternative. So if there's no alternative, why should we vote for Matthew Guy when, hey, sometimes it's a better the devil you know. Now, Mm. that being said, it gets into the next bit where, um, not surprising, there's a big opinion poll that everyone's talking about that says Supreme Leader Andrews is... Um, set for a third term because 66% or 65% or whatever percentage it is of people support Dan Andrews, blah, 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 blah. Now, what they failed to tell you is that this was only a poll of 1,029 people. It was a um, an online opinion poll. It wasn't picking up the phone and calling people and talking to people and just having a random discussion that way. It was people that had seen an ad or seen something and responded to it, gone online, ticked their boxes. So how skewed is that? Well, we know there's lies, damned lies and statistics. So here you go. Um, I don't know. If anything, if what has happened over the weekend continues for the next 12 months, and it should because one way or another we're going to have some sort of draconian legislation to look after this quote-unquote pandemic uh, that you know, all this is going to continue. So if this continues until uh, next, November next year, then, uh, you know, Andrews is in a position probably to not be able to form government. Um, obviously, once again, that depends on the Liberal Party under Matthew Guy being able to differentiate themselves um, from uh, what the Andrews regime is doing at the moment. Now, differentiating differentiating themselves, I don't know whether it's a good segue or not, but I'm going to make it one. Uh, in the segue to the next bit, where there's been a message uh, floating around, um, I've, I've received it from a number of, number of people and um, floating around through Telegram, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, I'm going to read it out. Um, so, it's, someone says something. You know, here's an article that you won't see in the news. With two Liberal Senators and two One Nation Senators now pledged to withdraw their vote until the Prime Minister steps in and ends the vaccine mandates, then Parliament is on a collision course with the Governor-General. In fact, these are the settings that led to the infamous 1975 constitutional crisis where Sir John Kerr dismissed Prime Minister Gough Whitlam after the Democrats in the Senate blocked supply. Pauline Hanson and the three Senators have created settings in the very same constitutional crisis if they hold true to their word and withdraw their votes. This will leave the PM with the option of upholding Section 5123A and Section 109 of the Constitution as requested in One Nation's new private member's bill or walk to government house and notify the GG that an election must be called. If he doesn't do either and the Senate remains blocked, then the GG has no choice other than to dismiss the Prime Minister, appoint a caretaker and call an election of both houses. Listening to Pauline Hanson last night, she's not budging and she has a Constitution on her side. Whilst Whitlam's decision, dismissal may have been seen as partisan, this dismissal, if it were to happen, would have been assisted by two members of the Prime Minister's own party. That's how far from the Conservative base Scott Morrison has drifted. This should be the only news in the country. Now, a couple of things about that. Um, the start, the, the bit that talks about um, Whitlam's dismissal is right. Now, the Governor-General did come in and uh, dismiss Parliament because the Democrats or um, the Senate had blocked supply. Now, with regards to this situation, um, that's not going to happen. Uh, all that will happen is uh, that the PM will have a trigger for a double dissolution election. Now, double dissolution elections are nothing new. Uh, Howard had a couple um, in the past and I think I think Abbott called one or, or there was one recently. Um, so a double dissolution election is where a bill passes the House of Reps and then goes to the Senate and gets blocked. Um, with no amendments or anything like that now the house of reps can pr- produce that bill again and present it to the senate if it gets blocked again then that's the trigger for a double dissolution election um just because it is one doesn't mean to say it's going to happen um what normally happens is that uh the prime minister or or the party you know the, uh, that has the majority tends to use the threat of a double dissolution election as a A bit of a stick for uh, new senators because um, the Senate normally goes through a half-Senate election uh, every four years. Um, Four years? Um, When there's a federal election. So there's a full House of Reps election because that gets, you know, that's a full vote, but there's half a Senate. Uh, At a double dissolution, it's a full House and a full Senate. Uh, So that's when that happens. Uh, The PM can have as many... Um, triggers for a double dissolution election as they want Um, but after if they used that as a trigger for the election that bill if uh, needs to be presented to both houses at the um, once the election's been called and everything everyone's gone in and blah 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 all gone through all that process so it needs to be presented to a joint sitting Um, they don't normally do that because unless they have the majority in both houses then that can be embarrassing Uh, what happened with blocking supply? Now, supply isn't your average, you know, your your normal everyday bills. Supply bills are what happens for like appropriation, taxation, etc. So, this is how the government gets money. So, if those bills are blocked, then, you know, theoretically, the government has no money to be able to pay pensions, um, government services, etc. So, that's what supply is. And uh, with an election being deemed to be having to be held, I think by November uh, next year. Uh, I don't think that there's any appropriation bills um, before the House of Reps or before Parliament. Uh, and if there was, I can imagine Albanese uh, and the Labor Party would be having a massive connection about that um, because they've effectively said that Morrison's in caretaker mode, um, you know, till the next election. Um, so, so you know, this is the thing. Um, now, going back to that, um, Section uh, 21, uh, 5123 relates to – is it 51? Yeah, 5123A. That relates to the Commonwealth passing laws for civil, civil conscription of the medical fraternity um, – it doesn't really relate to what's going on because um, as far as the medical fraternity is aware, people are going in involuntary. Yes, they're being financially coerced but they're still doing it voluntary. Um, so, you know, I think there'd be a hard time there um, forcing that one and then that being said, that only relates to the Commonwealth. It doesn't relate to what the states can and cannot do. Uh, for that, um, Section 109 of the Constitution relates to an inconsistency between the laws of the states and the Commonwealth, and where there's an in- inconsistency, uh, the common lo- Commonwealth laws prevail. Um, some people are saying the Biosecurity Act. Um, mm. Don't know, uh, and all that. So, but anyway, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, so that being said, I don't, I don't can't see how um, that's going to uh, affect uh, or or warrant uh, the Governor-General going for a walk down to the lodge or turning around and saying, well, no, we're going to dismiss the parliament. Um, So as I said, you know, limited constitutional uh, reasons to do it, which only relates to supply, uh, doesn't relate to anything else. Um, And, yeah, so... Um, all they can do is, if uh, one nation and the other um, senators decide to not vote on any bills, it's just going to be a trigger for a double dissolution election. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, and with a election coming up, you know, honestly, you know, as I said, by May next year, uh, I don't think that the PM is going to be too scared about not getting any bills passed. Um, But, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. Now, that being said, at the time of recording this, um, just had a look and seen that there was a bill. uh, Pauline Hanson's One Nation Party did present a bill uh, before Parliament uh, about uh, banning um, uh, mandatory vaccinations. Now, from what I can see is that that bill was defeated in the lower house, uh, where is it? Can't find it now. Um, it was defeated in the lower house. The only ones who supported it were uh, the um, those members who said that they would support it. I think there was about five members or something like that. Um, here we go. Um, it was uh, the One Nation's uh, COVID nineteen vaccination status pre- uh, prevention of discrimination bill. Uh, Only Senators Antic, Fervorati, Wells, McMahon, Rennick and Carnarvon crossed the floor to support the bill. So this means that Liberals, Nationals, Labor and Greens uh, all voted uh, to dismiss the bill. Um, So we'll just have to wait and see. Um, Why the PM didn't support it, I don't know. Um, So we'll just have to wait and see um, with regards to that one. Um, You know, but... It, you know and and that being said you know let's say it did the bill did pass through the uh, the senate and then down to the house of reps um does the the commonwealth have constitutional authority to be able to um pass laws relating to that i don't believe so um unless they use the uh section what is it 19 uh, 29 uh, of the constitution which relates to uh sorry 5129 uh, 51 yeah yeah 5129 which is external affairs um now as i said in the in the previous episode um, i don't think that there's any international treaties relating to that one unless um you know it comes down to uh, the mandatory vaccinations. Now, uh, I don't think Australia is a signatory to anything uh, Nuremberg-related or anything like that, uh, so that's what um, people are trying to say has, you know, the Commonwealth breached this, Australia breached this. Um Um uh, don't know. Anyway, but yeah, I I eh, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but you know, um uh, people are still going voluntary, so it's not a forced vaccination, regardless of whether you're being coerced or not. Um people are still going voluntary. Um and, and this is how it it's gonna be hard to challenge it. Um yes, they're being coerced. Um oh, oh, man, it, it, it's gonna be a a murky area, and honestly, it's going to make a lot of lawyers pretty rich um, if there's a change of government. Um, So what else is there? Um, So, yeah, you know, just be very, very careful about what you see um, being shared on social media. Um, There's a number of, of, I don't know, potentially well-meaning people that are spreading out the wrong information, but then there's a lot of um, Organisations out there who are deliberately putting out misinformation. Um, I think that there's, as I've said in the past, I think that there's going to be a lot of things that are done um, that uh, will that that are being done in a, in such a way as to to uh, break people, to break the will of people, and to get them turning around and saying, "Oh, you know what? There's no chance." Um, you know, uh, I, I still don't agree that protests is the right thing to do. Yes, it, it makes it heard, um, but it's easy for the uh, regime in power to dismiss it uh, just by you know throwing a couple of um, choice labels at, at, at people, and then bang, that's it. Then the whole message gets dismissed. Um, So, you know, we'll just have to wait and see if that uh, happens. Um, Yeah, so (laughs) as it is, you know, as I said, um, a week's a long time in politics. It seems that uh, down here a day is a long time in politics. Um, Now, last episode I did promise that I would do one on uh, Glenn Beck's program. Uh, That is going to be the next episode. I managed to watch that over the weekend and have a lot of notes. I just want to get this podcast out. Because there's stuff that I needed to talk about from the weekend that I thought was important. Um, If today, between now and when the next podcast is done, is a similar day where there's a lot of stuff happening, uh, you know, I'll get, uh, I might do two episodes for the day. Um, But moving uh, forward from here, um, yes, this one's going to be out late. Uh, in the day now but um, coming on from that future episodes will be put out at um, around about 10 o'clock every day Uh, still working on doing one on Saturdays and Sundays as well Uh, so if you're subscribed subscribe Um, working on getting the website up and running and and all that sort of stuff but uh, please share this to everyone um, uh, and all that sort of stuff please let me know feel free to contact me um, I'll, I'll leave a comment on the podcast whether you like it, hate it, think I waffle too much, whatever. Um, but yeah, you know, this is only being done for you uh, to give you information and, and tips and things. Oh, so that was one other thing. Um, now, uh, something that happened uh, over the last couple of days. Um, as we know, this two-stage society is uh, two-class society has come in. Um, now, I, I did give recommendations on what people should be doing about writing a letter to the secretary to seek compensation for the insufficient grounds for the chief health officer. Um, I've done that, um, you know, making that clear right from the start. So this is my only, my um, position on it. It's not legal advice or anything like that. Uh, I did go to a supermarket over the uh, week, what is deemed to be um, a non-essential store, uh that uh and went and had that discussion with the person I uh, actually spoke to the manager because I don't believe that it's you know it's it's not something that um you know someone um down the food chain should have to deal with so I had an open and honest discussion um respectful discussion with the store manager explained my position um and then they told me that you know this is company policy um that's that um but then you know they did say that, uh, if I was to enter that they wouldn't be crash tackling me uh, to drag me out of the store and no one else would. So, um, you know, as I said, I, you know, I made it clear to that person I wasn't there to cause trouble, that if they told me to go, I would go quietly um, but also let them know um, what I was doing and the, the potential consequences for it uh, if they did. Um, how you do it is entirely up to you. Your mileage may vary. You may get turned around and said, "No, you're not coming in, regardless," um, and all that sort of stuff. But we'll just have to wait and see. Um, I think it is there if you do it the right way to um, to do that. Um, now, the thing that was, um, you know, very a little bit off-putting. You know, I won't say it's off-putting because I totally ignored it. Uh, was that this person did say that, um, you know, if you do enter the store, the only thing that I ask is that you um, do what you have to do and, and get out as quick as possible. So, uh, you know, that's the, you know, leads the potential to being say, hey, you know, you're still unclean, you know, we can't stop you coming in but hey, if you're in here, you need to do what you've got to do and get out. Um, so... You know, there's that. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but, you know, what? when you're dealing with people, now remember, um, don't get up and don't take your phone out and stick it in their face and all that sort of stuff. Have respectful conversations with them because um, as as much as I don't think it is a um, a, a defence, they are only doing what they're told to do. Um these are these are conversations and decisions that are made well above their pay grade um and all that sort of stuff. So we'll just have to wait and see. Um, you know, it it's it will take a while for all this stuff to to float through um courts and everything like that, but you know you Who knows? Um as Rand Paul has said, um history will be the judge of um you know of, of what's going on. So anyway. Uh, That's about it for this one. Uh, Thanks for listening. My name's Cameron Blewett. This was the Fifth Estate Podcast. Bye for now.